0: Hello, welcome to Going Off Track. Hello. Hello. I am Jonah, joined here by... Brad. Steven. And, and Steven. Steven too. Steven too. Uh, Steven, not to be confused with Steven one. Not to be confused with Steven one. Um, if you think this podcast is sounding good, it's, you know, Steven is behind the Pro Tools. Yeah. Steven is Br-
1: taking the reins from me. I, can't, taken, <laughs> I don't know why I'm here anymore.
0: I, yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't invite Brad here. He just kind of showed up and then I was like, hey, you want a beer? Yeah. Uh, I heard there was beer. And if you want to work with Steven, uh, we're over at Pulse Music um, in the Herald Square area. Steven Rywalski? I like the debate about where this is. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm this uncertain. This happens a lot. Yeah. Well, I get off the train at Herald Square, so I'm like, it's pretty close. But I keep saying Chelsea, but it's really yeah. like Koreatown? I don't think it's Chelsea. Yeah, it's I don't Kore- know.
2: Yeah. If you need fidget spinners, we got them around here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't?
2: It's for real.
0: Um. So yeah, I was telling these guys, uh I recently went on a date and uh I don't know if you guys know, I have like a pretty big mustache going on. <laughs> I don't know how you would describe it. How would you describe it? Uh bushy. Bushy. <laughs> it's bushy Un- to- uncle like. Uncle like. <laughs> bushy gets uncle. in my mouth sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes if I if I drool a lot, it collects.
1: Can I say Caterpillarian? Yeah.
0: I like it. <laughs> I'll take it. Um <laughs> So I learned recently that hot wings, not the best thing to to eat with it, and I was trying to eat these hot wings, and I had to have a hot wing in one hand and a napkin in the other, because I'd have to, like, keep wiping it down, because you kind of, there's no way to really eat it without, like, dragging it across, and it was so gross, and I didn't think about it, and I don't really eat hot wings, I guess, that often, and I haven't had this for that long, so... uh yeah, and eventually I just had to be like... And then it's like, dude, if you're trying to put like ranch or blue cheese in the equation, <laughs> like, forget about it. Are you going dry napkin at this point, or are you on the wet naps? I'm dry, but I like where you're going. Okay. I think the wet nap would actually be way more effective in this kind of a situation. Yeah. I think so. My dad used to carry them around. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Not a
1: bad idea. That was a good move. As somebody forget- who's raised two infants and become addicted to... uh those fucking aloe wet naps, whatever. Yeah, they're. wet ones. Wet yeah. yeah, whatever. They this are. was a real. This was like the, there's a box of those in our bathrooms still.
0: This was the right. nascent days of the wet naps. I think there was like <laughs> one brand, one type. Like you did not have the diversity. Your the dad market. actually had to go to Buffalo wings, yes.
1: restaurants to get them.
0: Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, so anyone out here's got a mustache, is planning to eat hot wings, uh, just a heads up.
1: But so what no makeout session with the with the with the nasty stash is uh, that's what I thought. I thought this was going to go to like and <laughs> yes. we made out and she was grossed out because my mustache was and grossed. her eyes
3: <laughs> burned after or something Um
1: you know that's not the kind of thing I would discuss on this podcast
0: Brad <laughs> We just can't get it out of Brad here. always wants me to say all the sordid of details <laughs> this is already I like hate talking about this stuff on the podcast but when something funny happens I feel
1: like I have to talk about it Uh I'll t- yeah Answer me this question. When's the last time you ate an ice cream cone? You know what? That's a really good question and it's been a really long time. Because as the owner of a much more modest mustache. Yeah. I Which is looking that good too, by the way. Thank you. i found that that's incredibly difficult. Yeah, I don't, I don't
0: really eat ice cream ever and if I do, it's very rare for me to have it in a cone format. Understood. What about you, Steven? I had a Mr. Softy not too long ago. Yeah. It was delicious. I do not have a mean mustache like but you guys you could uh, i could do you think your I wife could. would be cool with it um yeah she doesn't care because some guy
1: steven's like, rocking the what i would call the australian action uh, actor <laughs> look which is essentially just like the extended scruffy beard and stash which yeah. i admire I, c- I could never do it because i'm too patchy me too but you you pull it off well
3: it's pure laziness I, yeah it's okay I,
1: I was at a record release
0: party. I want to plug uh, my friend's band, Simon Doom, Jim Carroll, who's been on the podcast from Pure Love. He's playing with him. And this guy came up to me at the party. This was two nights ago. And he's like, man, I wish I I used to have mustache like that. I wish I could have it. But, you know, like my wife, you know. And I was like, "Uh, your, your wife is in charge of you? Like, are you saying that like there's like I understood sort of what he was saying. But I was like, I was like, this is like sort of insulting. Don't you think to be like. Uh, if, like, if I didn't have anyone who loved me, like, <laughs> that I had to,
1: like...
3: I can totally tell how alone you
1: yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That,
0: that's how I
3: took it.
1: <laughs> Which is maybe more me projecting. <laughs> so, I grew a mustache, like, similar to this once about six years ago and was at this, like, dinner party with some of uh, some older ladies. Friends of my wife's. Moms, actually. And one of the one of her one of the husbands came up and was like oh, looking good love the stash i used to i used to rock one i keep wanting to grow it back again but i just you know i don't have the wherewithal to do it and then his wife at the same time that he was telling me this was telling my wife oh yeah mustaches they're really difficult to keep clean <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: she's right they're difficult to keep clean uh today on the podcast we have... Somebody without
1: a mustache. Somebody
0: without a mustache. <laughs> uh, Rachel Feinstein, uh, really awesome comedian. I met her um, through Vanessa. She was in the film Trainwreck. She, um, and she does stand-up. She has uh, a super funny special on Comedy Central called Only Horrors Wear Purple. It was produced by Amy Schumer. I was uh, at the recording of it. It's not really a big deal. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she was on Last Comic Standing. um She's done a bunch of stuff. She tours a lot. She's really good friends with Nikki Glaser, who's been the podcast, and Amy Schumer. Um, And yeah, we've been talking about doing this forever, and it finally worked out. And Rachel tells a story that takes about, I don't know, like 45 minutes that is so amazing that you will definitely, definitely, definitely want to listen to this entire episode right it could be like a tv series. it could be it's it's incredible so i don't want to spoil it let's just get into it um rachel feinstein i'm going off track, it's going off track! rachel you're here I'm we made here. this happen we've been talking about it for so long
4: i know
2: <laughs> welcome to going off track yeah
4: <laughs> I didn't know we were
0: recording. Okay, we just started recording. We're okay. starting. This is, we're like this is real. This is real. This is all going to be recorded. As soon so as the door shut, we started recording. Anything else? Put on what? like act, acting face.
4: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Um, and we met. Well, I don't know how. Maybe through
4: Vanessa. Through Vanessa, probably. But I don't remember the first time, but um, but this yeah. This would then be s-
2: Vanessa Bayer. Vanessa Bayer, your
4: sister. Yes. And then I saw you guys again at uh, at Bonnaroo. Oh yeah, Bonnaroo. Yeah. That was fun. Everybody was really drunk, and and and, and uh, people were doing Molly and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. I was drunk though. But but uh, I remember like Nate Borgazzi was there, and I didn't know that he was sober. And we were, like, waiting to go on, and I was like, you should just, like, let's drink. Like, let's have a beer. And he was like, I don't really want to. And I'm like, come on, have a beer. (laughs) What's going to happen? And he was like, I don't think. And I'm like, come on, have a beer with me. And then he was like, okay. And then he did. (gasps) And I didn't realize that he'd been sober for two years. He was just oh.
3: waiting for that man.
4: Yeah, and I was the person. I was like that bad character in like the biopic. That's like, just do oh, it. Who God. cares? You know, just like get I a was, taste,
2: man. Just get a taste. Yeah,
4: I was like the evil twat in the story of his life. Is he back two on years, now, or
2: how does that work? I
4: I actually asked him recently. Is that he said he's been drinking ever since. Oh no! But he said that he feels like he's drink- he's like drinking in a fine way he's yeah. not like lashing out that's and like, it. Yeah. Just,
2: just to throw it out I mean that's usually what functional alcoholics say <laughs> like they're not usually like yo I'm <laughs> fucked up they're usually like yeah shit's cool and then you don't stress them about being alcoholics
4: right I hear you but uh, <laughs> he said he was planning on taking like a break for a while and so that I you know just, I'm not responsible. All right, yeah. can I continue having this I mean, argument you with myself? You know, I uh, in my own head, please. I
0: slept in that in that trailer one night.
4: Oh, that you did? Comedy
0: trailer. Why? Yeah. Why
4: would you do because such? Because I place? was doing this.
0: Job. What's a
2: comedy trailer at Bonner? There was a trailer.
0: Yeah, there were like two trailers and I was doing a job for someone and the people I was doing the job with every night were like, we're going to stay see Pearl Jam, we're going to hang out. I was like, great. And then like as soon as the headline would start, they'd be like, we're leaving. And they were the only ones with a car. (laughs) And so like I had like a badge for Pearl. I was like, I'm staying here and I had to be back really early to work because Vanessa was performing, but I was there for work too. And so I didn't know what to do, and Marianne was like, "You That's can just sad. stay in this trailer."
4: There was a sadness to that trailer. Yeah. Did you fall weird. into a low grade depression? I used <laughs> a tablecloth
0: <laughs> as a blanket. Oh. Not the first time. <laughs> Not the first time. Mm-hmm. Was there any rider stuff like well, left be the over? Last. There? Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. There was. Yeah. So I had you a, got some Cheez-Its? Yeah. There, some
0: there were some snacks.
4: There were some fun loving snacks in that basket. Remember, we got yeah. locked
0: in there because there was that like hurricane thing, and they like hoarded everyone in there and like suspended the festival for like. Oh, a good hour. trailer is. It how exactly forget I Forget about that. Completely the forgot there was a hurricane. A yeah, <laughs> there was like a there was like a warning, and they were uh-huh. like, "You have to clear the premises." And they were like, "All these people went in there, and then like yeah. Ari or someone brought all these bottles of vodka or something."
4: That I whole festival
3: just reeks of catastrophe.
4: It's yeah. foolishness. Yeah, yes. little- Ari's <laughs> always like point. Like he's always like topless with his shirt like wrapped around his head. You know the Sons way guys. Guns up. Yeah, you know the way like guys do like in. In like elementary school, or like or like junior high school, where the guys play sports and they're kind of emotionally unavailable, and they have their shirts wrapped around their heads and those like <laughs> boyish shirt turbans. That's how Ari looked the entire. Like the Lord festival. of the Flies yeah. thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the Lord of the Flies. Uh, like.
3: You carry on a conch shell as well.
0: That's a big middle school <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> yeah. I was also at your Comedy Central taping.
4: Oh yeah, that's right. Maybe that is the night I met you. Actually, I don't, I don't know, know,
0: but um, you and Vanessa
4: came downstairs after
0: for a moment. We came right? downstairs. What was it? Was it only horrors were purple?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what was that? Ex- <laughs> what was that experience <laughs> have like? Because I, I had never been to one before, and you guys had to keep you know like coming out and saying stuff. I mean, was that like a nerve wracking experience to be like we have like I don't know. This we gonna- had
4: we had to redo certain jokes and pieces of it. So yeah, so I would say the thing, and then I'd come, I'd leave, and then I'd come back out again at the end of the special, and I'd have to pretend like you know I was saying it for the first time, and the audience was hearing it for the first time, you know. And it is awkward, except I've done that a few times on specials, so I'm like somewhat used to the weirdness of that. But, but I just try to address it, mock it first, and then do it again. You know. And then Amy was also producing, so she would she was like kind of talking over the God mic or whatever and saying silly shit. V O G. Yeah, is that what you call that mic? (laughs) Yeah, God and Jesus. Oh, she was
3: in your ear the whole time. No,
4: no, she's wait, that's not the. Wait, what's the voice the where God? They just is the speak? one where
3: the producer speaks in the control room and, and everybody can hear. Everyone it. hears that's it. That's yeah. VOG. Yeah.
4: So she was like, "Rachel's parents are here," and they weren't there, but she was just saying. funny story, you know? <laughs>
3: See, that's funny. Um, but you yeah. don't wear, you don't wear an IFB when you do. No, no, no. she wasn't speaking to me. Yes, she was speaking
4: to the yeah everyone. And then she would sort of like explain like Rachel has to go back out there. She doesn't want to do this. She's actively embarrassed and annoyed right now, but pretend like it's your first time hearing. That, you know. What, they, and then what, I feel like TV crowds like that like they're good natured and they want to. Right, you know? right. What yeah, what, yeah. what made them have to do it? Like, what was it? Like a technical fuck up? I fucked up.
3: Things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't believe. Yeah, that.
4: like I'd like smear a word. Like I wouldn't say a word that right. And it's funny because like the first show, you know, the first show. I mean, this this sorry, the second show was much better than mm-hmm. the first show, and like the crowd was. Were you at the second one? I don't know, but I think I was at the second one. So the the crowd was much better, but the crowd was good for the first one, but the second one, I was like. I left and I was like, I really fucking just, I was me up there and I broke so many, you know? And then later you realized, no, you, you were too loose. Like you fucked up all these things, you know, it's different than a live show, a taping. So actually like Louie was telling me that he was like, you're going to leave the first show and you're going to be like, I guess I've got a special, but you're, you're not going to be like, maybe I'm a genius. You know? <laughs> and then the second show is was like, maybe I'm remarkable. But then he's like, you'll watch it and you're going to see this, the first show will be the one you use because huh. when you're a little more controlled, you're thinking about your words and mm. things are coming out more clearly. So the second show might have been more exciting like live, but I was just kind of slovenly when I get too comfortable, you know, I'm just like smearing sentences and sauntering around and it's gross. It's gross. How That's many times it is. You used to
0: practice something like that? Would you um,
4: say? I practice parts of it, you know, like and run parts of it for months leading up to it and write and keep rewriting parts of it and then just going on the road and 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 running the set a lot you know so so at least five or six months i guess i mean it, and it was develop. i was developing it during that time because i got the special and then i was like shit i don't really have the special and
0: do you celebrate yeah. when you get there or do you just instantly panic like what am i gonna do
4: I panic when I get the thing. Yeah. Like, I feel like Comedy Central's made a grave mistake. And <laughs> and then I usually have like a fantasy that there'll be a fire or something. I have a lot of fire based fantasies. I'm like, well, I hope there's a fire. And then that, that's very calming to me, the idea that. Like that, an
2: escape fantasy. Yeah, of an some escape sort. fantasy. Sure. Since
4: the first time I did stand up, I wanted. Yeah. Then I imagine the place on fire and I find that very soothing. <laughs> so. You're yeah. sure.
3: You have a lot of fire based fantasy. <laughs> I do. Wow. What's another <laughs> one? Let's
4: explore that. <laughs>
3: yeah. What's another well, fire? because you've already been to Bonnaroo and they can just burn that festival to the ground
4: <laughs> I want fires to happen so that I don't have to do things I have to do but then, you know once, you can it's night, then it's once it's that night then it's <laughs> once it's that night that I can do it what
2: did you say? you can actively make that happen I he could set it on fires. fire, but
4: then I, I would go to prison, and I you wouldn't pull have as a much fun alarm. in my life. No, nah, Bobcat yeah. pulled it off. Tarnless.
3: He set fire to The Tonight Show. That worked Did out. Did he really? You ever seen that footage? I've never seen oh, that. Oh, Bobcat Goldthwait going on Jay Leno and setting fire to the couch.
2: <laughs> oh, he's so punk rock.
3: Oh, my God. I love it's that It's amazing. Guy. And then watch his stand-up special after it, and he talks <laughs> about, like, so here's what happens when you set fire to the fucking Tonight Show. That's Wait, what a...
4: happened? It, tell no, me. Jay
3: Leno, like, flipped out on him, and then, they, I mean, they literally had oh, to bring Oh, he
4: didn't tell him he was going to set a
3: fire? That's a brave
4: man to just go rogue and start a fire. He's, I mean, one, he's one of my bravery. favorite
3: stand-ups. He's ah god he's
2: so I was I wondering you're talking about oh, I'm sorry like uh you're talking about testing out material on the road mm-hmm. and like I was wondering like how long of a frame of reference do you need cuz every crowd is different basically like where's the do you find out when it's like funny versus like shitty or good crowd Because you would need like to tell it x amount of times to be able to balance out when crowds are bad or good, right?
4: Yeah, um, so I'm
2: kind of wondering like how like how easy is it to gauge how a joke's doing? It takes like at least
4: like uh, sometimes it takes. I wish I had an exact answer. Anything I said right now would be I'd be making it up to feel like I had an answer. (laughs) But it takes a little while depending on the joke. But usually, and usually the first time you say something, it's also like, it's not just finding out if it's funny. It's like, you're not confident. So you're not selling it. The crowd senses that and... So some of my favorite things bombed for a while and not even just because I had to change and work, rework them, but also just because I didn't believe in them. So mm. I, I'm doing, I would do something that I thought was good and then I'd be like, oh, now I have to do this thing I'm scared about. And then you're right. full of that feeling you have when you're unsure about what you're saying. You know, it's like reading, yeah. like when somebody wants you to read something you wrote out loud and you you feel like it's funny and then you feel stupid and you're like, ah, what did I ever need to say? Right. So that happens on stage too. And then the more you say it, the more you get comfortable. So... I have a hard time dealing with that time where a joke is just going to bomb for a little while and people right. are going to look at you and judge you and think you're not funny in that moment. That's hard for me. Like I want to, I want to leave and feel like people like me, you know, I definitely care about that. <laughs> so like, I, I want, I want everybody to like me. So that's hard for me to go through that weird, like pubescent stage that a joke has to go through and just let it be weird for a while. How does, and how does the you'll crowd get more work. confident and you'll find a word or you'll find a thing, right. you know, and it'll get better.
3: So like, I know I was reading somewhere where, um, People, you go on, you work on an act, and then you go on the road, and you find out different parts of the country laugh at different things. Obviously, mm-hmm. so how do you get to that point with the joke being like universal, like where you know, it, like this is where I want the the beat or the punchline to hit, no matter
4: where I am. I think you have to run it a lot, but and I also don't think it's entirely true. Like, there's definitely some jokes at a certain region or something mm-hmm. you're going to get, you know. And, but then there, but then there, it's weird because crowd will surprise you. You'll get this like warm, welcoming crowd in a place you would have easily judged and dismissed. So it's, it's tricky, you know? There's so many factors too. It's like how drunk the audiences are and, right. you know, how night of the week. Yeah. What night of the week? Yeah. What's happening in the room? Who, sometimes the, who the feature was and what they talked about. And so, even so, like
2: weather and stuff. Is yeah. Weird like all stuff. kinds of yeah. strange shit, you know? Yeah.
4: And i like to, whenever somebody doesn't go that well, decide that the people of that state are stupid I and mean, I'm wise, <laughs> but it's not, yeah, it's weird. But I think you just, so it's just doing it a, a lot in a lot of different environments right. and not bailing, you know? And so for me, I need the the goal of having to do a special to write, you know, like I don't just sit down and write. I, I have somebody tells me I'm supposed to do something and then I like panic and yeah, it's yeah. just like fear. But I
0: think a lot of people. I just, yeah, I'm that way too. Yeah. Uh, we have a, I want to introduce a special segment. Yeah, It's oh, called yeah. Mystery Friend, and it's where we've we got done a question it a couple from times. one of your friends. Now it has a name. Really? It's official. Yeah, and you yeah. have to answer this question, but also uh, you have to guess who submitted it. Oh my God. Who your friend okay. is. Who oh, your friend is. Okay. Um, and this is more of, I guess, a story. <laughs> it said, ask Rachel, tell the story of the guttural alcoholic you dated.
4: <laughs> okay, I think it's Nikki.
0: It's Nikki. Nikki okay. Glazer. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Nikki Glazer um, I love. And she Nikki. gave me different
0: points uh, to hit, but I'm not supposed to prompt any of them. Okay. Um,
4: I'll we'll start, it, and many, if I don't hit them, I'll see how many you hit. <laughs> okay. Um, I. Uh, I for a while. Um, I was okay. I met this guy. I was hanging out at Stand Up New York one night with uh, Marina Franklin. This is many years ago. Do you know who she is? She's a really funny comedian. Anyway, so we were hanging out at Stand Up New York, and she was like, there's this guy outside. He's really hot. He looks like uh, Paul Newman. I really like Paul Newman, you know, like when he was young, you know, after he was old. I didn't care for him. But um, no,
2: it's not true. I I would have sex with Cool Uh Hand Luke. Yeah. I mean.
4: So anyway, she's like, he looks kind of like Paul Newman. So she goes outside, and she gets him, and she brings him in. And he is a aggressively drunk, you know, this guy, but we just tried to keep talking to him. And, and he was just one of those guys that was up for anything for his night because he was a wild guttural alcoholic. (laughs) So, um, we were like asking him questions about his life and he was drinking with us at the bar at stand up, And he said that he just got back from the war in Iraq. Okay. This is a very long time ago. So then I went, um, on stage, we hung out with him for the rest of the night or something. He asked me out the next day. So we go out the next day, me and him, he goes to my show. Uh, I bombed. Doesn't really have anything to do with the story, but I'll just tell you, I bombed like like a terrible bomb. Like it was like wildly humiliating, you know. And I was like, "Oh, this is a disaster." This hot guy came to see me, and I had like a, a disastrous set, like code red bombing. You know, like not, I couldn't finesse it anyway. He, I think, was too drunk to notice that, or didn't understand that I bought, you know? He's like, that was cool. You were up there, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh, okay, great, you know? So we're in business still. So we went to the bar and we hung out for a little bit. And then he says to me, there's something I have to tell you. And I was like, sure, whatever. And he goes, I was never in the war in Iraq. Oh. <laughs> and at this point, I was like so in the date that I was like, ah, who cares? <laughs> you know, people say things, <laughs> even though that's obviously a glaring red flag. And, um, and so we continue to date after this. This is not... This does not make me look good. The story, but this is the truth. So we continued to date after it. I forgave him for pretending to be from in the war in Iraq. Did he and, ever?
2: Did you ever at least like force him to explain this ruse?
4: Yeah, he explained that. Well, he said he didn't think he was going to see me again, and he thought it was a cool thing to say. <laughs>
2: he thought
3: he I kind of get that. I can see he, that. Okay. He said, he
2: thought, "Oh, possible PTSD has sexy." Yeah, he said. He thought, <laughs>
4: I mean, I think he's, he said his biggest <laughs> regret in life. Was that he was never in the military? And I remember one we had an argument about that once. And I said that he deserved to be with someone that didn't think that was hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, well played, well played. He yeah, he wanted to be like a fighter pilot, and but he he was a he worked in construction, but he wanted to be a fighter pilot. So I was trying to encourage him. I was like, well, I got I tried to get him flying lessons. And he didn't want flying lessons. He played this game called Aces High. And it was like one of those like interactive flight games. And he would play it with people like all over the country. And Uh... they fly together. Except they don't fly. And they engage in these battles and wars. And we would fight about this game because he would play the game. And he would refer to the battles in the game as real battles that he had. And sometimes he'd come on the road with me and he'd be like, oh, great. I can see so-and-so from Aces High. And we would meet up with these other... Flight people, and then I would meet up with these guys, and they would talk like war stories. Except they weren't in a war, and these battles didn't occur. It's a video game that they played in their homes. But they'd be like, "Yeah, remember when I had your back when we had to bomb that village? Man, that was rough." And sometimes they would get emotional, emotional about the battles they fought didn't fight together. You know. Uh, I can't support this relationship. Sometimes he would cancel things or say he couldn't do things because he had to fly. And sometimes he would get offended when I would even ask him to do something on a flight night (laughs) because sometimes they had like races or like important battle on Mondays. And he'd be like, babe, why would you even ask me that? It's a flight night. And I absolutely can't do it. He's like, my brothers need me, you know? And he really believed that he was like backing up these guys. And
2: I'm imagining Top Gun memorabilia, like all all over the apartment. Did did you have a name? Dude, you have like his name is name. Tom Scarrett. I'm trying to
4: remember what his name was. His, <laughs> there was like Beaker, Badger. What was his name? I know that I went on, I would play the game sometimes just like to, for fun and I would talk all this shit because I like talking shit like you know like football pools I don't really understand what I'm referring to but I love football pools because I just like to go on and like you know mock everybody and talk shit so I'd go on the game and I'd be like you fucking losers can't fly like read my wings and weep you know awesome. my name was sugar tits and then I would just crash immediately like I just like talk a lot of shit I'd be like I'll teach you boys something about flying once you wake up and smell the sky and then I would just <laughs> and then I'd immediately crash and some of the other guys guys that played the game, they didn't mind it when sugar tits popped in and talked shit and crashed. But he didn't care for it. He said it was disrespectful. Uh, Dishonoring. And there was a girl that played the game who who like she didn't like it either Uh because it was like her and the guys, you know, and she didn't like me coming in and mocking the whole thing. And we actually had a vacation once where we went to go stay with her and her name was like she gotcha because she's always on everybody's tail and she's got she gotcha. So her and this guy Badger were married and we went to go stay with them. And I remember they had flight stuff all over their house. And again, the whole weekend, they would just talk about their battles and they would get emotional. Sometimes they would hug each other and thank each other for backing them up when they had to like bomb a village or something. And then... And then they had a screensaver on their screen. This, these people we were staying with on vacation. I mean, it was just in like rural Indiana. He somehow convinced me this was a vacation. It was just like staying with these in these people's house that had like six Doberman or something. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like, babe, we're going on a cruise. And then I'm like, but there's no water anywhere. I feel sad. Was in the Indiana. meth lab on premise? Or was it <laughs> It was a catty corner. We okay. stayed catty corner to the meth lab. Okay. And then I remember they had a screensaver on their computer and it was all, it was just a, like a German warplane with swastikas on the side, and I remember we had a fight. I'm like, we were like in bed that night, and I'm like, I don't feel comfortable staying in somebody's house But well, they have swastikas. Like, it's a beautiful plane, babe. It's not about the swastikas.
2: It's a
4: gorgeous plane. <laughs> oh,
2: so you got to like but design your own aircraft and things of that nature. It wasn't like Nazis; they'd shot down.
4: No, no, this was the people that we were staying with. She gotcha and Badger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on our I'm with you. I'm luxurious with you. romantic <laughs> vacation. Mm-hmm. Okay, they. Had had a TV, I mean, I mean, a computer up in their kitchen, and the screensaver yes. was a Nazi warplane,
2: right. you know, oh, with swastikas on happening. the side, okay. and it was just
4: this rotating <laughs> swastikas I was looking at while I'd have breakfast every morning, and I've obviously found that alarming.
3: Yes, maybe like, they knew Pay. you were coming.
4: Maybe they did. Maybe they were welcoming. <laughs> Is there anything
0: else you want to say before? Because there's a. F- There's a few things you haven't hit yet.
4: Okay, I'll say. I think I know what the thing Nikki's talking about. There's a
2: lot of stuff here. Okay, so
4: (laughs) I forgot we were still
2: on the mystery friend segment. So,
4: okay, a couple of things that she likes about is okay. So he was obviously I made the decision to be with him, so the (laughs) joke's really on me.
2: Just for context, Uh, like A to B, like how long are you together when you're at
4: Badger and she got you his house? I was like. Okay, 24, first of all. And I think okay. we were together for like nine months. I was renting a room and then I found out, and Bleeker and McDougal, and it was like a great location. But I was living with this kind of this guy that was like really depressed and he would take my money. He wasn't working and he'd take my money, and I found out he didn't pay rent with it. So he, <sighs> we were going to get getting slowly evicted. He'd just pocket my money. And um he was a really foolish guy. He was always in these like purple tight underwear all day long. He never went out. All he did was make collages about Bush, like anti-Bush collages. I'm like I don't like Bush either, but he's not the reason why you're like 60 and unemployed. He was always like actively anti-Bush collaging. He's one of those
3: guys No like, cause like, for Jacobage.
4: <laughs> yeah. he was guys that would like get excited about halloween like months in advance he'd get real <laughs> revved up about what he was gonna wear for ween that year you know and then he would go as like cheney and his you know and it was like one time he went as like the seven deadly sins and it was like bush cheney and his henchmen he had some extravagant <laughs> costume and i'm like get a job <laughs> this has nothing to do with cheney. Nothing. <laughs> And so he—so then we got evicted eventually, uh, of course, and I found out. And then, and then of course, the war guy was like, um, come move in with me. You know, Iraq was like, come on over. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> why not? So I moved in with him. And, of course, he was, you know, a wild alcoholic. And um, we got a lot of fights because one of the things she might have mentioned was a big fight we had was when we would go out places— you know, he was actually, by day, seeming a really reasonable person. And you know alcoholics like this. He seemed cool. He didn't say dumb shit. And he was, like, fun and kind and, like, kind of impressive. He was, like, a form. He was, like, a real dude. At night, he was, like, a flailing moron. And I brought him to this Comedy Central party. And I was like, do me a favor. Just, like, don't get too drunk. And don't call people chief because he get drunk uh, and he would start yep, calling guys chief. Yeah, That's on the list. And he would hit them really hard in the back. You know that free hit men give each other when they first meet each other? Like, hey, let's go there, chief. But you're like, you just wanted to hit me. You know what yeah. I mean?
3: That means I don't talk to them. Yeah, I that fucking means, hate that hit. That means we got right? yeah.
2: It really yeah, bothers me. When that happens. Exactly.
4: And I know when I yeah. watch men meet each other that talk to each other like that, it makes me so glad I'm not a man, and I and I have to deal with all you know whatever my own separate set of nonsense as well. But I'm always like I'm glad that no, I, I never have to deal with that weird energy between men like that meeting normal men, and they're like, "That's going good cheat," and it was very hostile. You
2: might as well, like, they literally might as well just like bash their dicks together, yeah, in some sort of weird <laughs> primal fashion, just to get it out of the way. It's essentially what's happening.
4: Yeah, they <laughs> just they're to they're clear that Yeah, but I feel like, but I feel like it's it's aggressive too. Like oh. you know, it's very oh no,
2: aggressive. it wouldn't be like a sexual dick mashing it would be like a oh, you like mean a,
4: like a sword dick, like fight. a broke oh, back mountain short, yeah. in the tent
2: <laughs> like kind of situation like it's angry
4: they're they're hate fucking each other <laughs> they're hate either. fucking
2: okay. to to show dominance like who's the dominant yeah one. and it's like yeah.
4: awful i'm just like oh yeah. my god i'm glad that's not gonna happen to some me. guys oh, use so.
2: handshakes for that where they're like yeah. like a firm handshake i'm a big believer and i was even yeah. raised by a woman who said, firm handshakes, look in the eye is very important to her. But some men do the, like, firm handshake where, like,
4: I'm going to, like,
2: yeah. press really hard to just show you something. I'm showing you something right now. Some people now. can't
3: help it, though. You ever, when you're in your
2: travels, met Slash? <laughs> I, I yeah, but I, sure. I haven't shook his hand. Okay. I was just in a catering line with him once. <laughs> that worked. I was that's, very that's excited. He just not to digress,
3: fears he. I, no. I interviewed him a long time ago, and he shook my hand, and it was he's fucking slashed, and it sincerely hurt. And I know, and it was like, hi, how are you? And he, you know how many fucking YouTube, solos that hands, that's hands ripped, saying, dude. That's what I'm saying. Bow. So then the next time I would interview him again, I was visibly nervous about the hello because I didn't oh. want to get my hand like torqued again, but. You do have soft hands.: My hands are Steven. soft. They're I really like a day in my life. have <laughs> soft hands.:
2: Have you soft. ever like looked into like a ponds commercial or something? Oh my like God, that? I am palm
3: olive. <laughs> I'm constantly soaking You're in. like the a Zoolander about Yeah. <laughs> not playing around. Back to you, because this yeah, has to keep sorry. going. I so. so Yeah, this is amazing.
4: No, it's interesting. So we were, on, the chief. We were on chief. chief so back we were on, like, Before we went to this party, I was like, no chiefing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a reasonable request. Don't get too
0: drunk and no chiefing at my no. No party. Chiefing.
4: That's fair. Seems fair. No chiefing. I'm on it. I hear you, babe. <laughs>
1: no oh, my God.
4: Of course, we get to the party. He just went rogue and started chiefing everyone in sight. <laughs> he just got loose. And he was, I just saw him, like, smacking backs in small... Like, slow motion in my... I was just watching. I just, like, horrified, you know? And they're, like, people that I work with. And, like, you know, like... I, it's, it was awful. He was chiefing everyone. Everyone. And then... So we left... But he was the kind of drunk that he would start swaying and kind of glaring at a certain hour. Mm. You know, like, you know, that drunk where. That,
2: like, vacuous, like, there's. Eye. He glares at
4: people. And, mm. like, sometimes it'd be the most confusing people. Like, we'd be like at like a family bot mitzvah. And, and I'd just catch him having, like, a face off with my elderly aunt. I'm like, I don't really think she's the issue <laughs> in your life. But he just, he just, like, starts swaying and glaring at people, you know, and then I have to get him to leave. So he was glaring at people at the Communist Central Party, chiefing, glaring. It was a disaster. And so I tried to get him home. And then finally, like, we went home and he claimed that he hadn't been drinking, you know, like always. He's like, babe, I had like a sip of a, you know. <laughs> and he was on that never-ending, like, it's shots, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like, no, it's, you're a guttural alcoholic. <laughs> I remember one time I just came home, he swore he hadn't had a drop of alcohol. He was just on the edge of the bed, nothing on at all, except for he had like a, a button-down, like, Magnum PI, like, Hawaiian top on. It's like three in the morning. Balls, dick, and just a Hawaiian button-down Hawaiian shirt. It was buttoned all the way to the top, and he was just like, "Hey, baby," and I was like, "You're drunk." He's like, "I'm not drunk. This is what you do. You want to create a problem? I'll give you a problem because there is one. And I'm not drunk." <laughs>
0: Oh my God. She's like,
4: Aloha! <laughs> you know? And the thing with me is, like, it's I it what, is funny, yeah. so it's hard to get mad. Yeah, one drunk Tommy
2: funny? Bahama fantasy was going on in his head. I have, have no idea. Have Bloodshot just like. It's like, when bright, did you drop that eyes. clue <laughs> that that was something you were into?
0: All right. Well, we hit Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> oh, Hawaiian, shirt, Hawaiian but... shirt. was on there.
4: <laughs> okay. Chiefing
0: people was on there. Um, flight team was on there.
4: Uh huh. Funeral and meetups. Oh, oh, okay, so on the game, okay, uh, when somebody... There's more, by the
1: way, too. The flight game.
4: In the flight game. Okay. When somebody dies in real life, when they... The person that's playing the game in real life happens to pass away because some of the people are older and he's played this game for years. When they pass away, they have a funeral where they fly to their favorite spots and they, like, just blast I don't know, whatever, fucking music, and they go and they kind of go over their favorite battles a lot of jimmy buffett and stuff like that and they just kind of like buffet through the best moments and kind of buffet through the best battles and you know and i remember it was like around the time obama was elected and i was like we should go out tonight like it's kind of exciting night in the city and he's like babe i have to attend a funeral this evening and i was like well (laughs) you don't and uh he's like babe like, we're going to go over some... This is, like, going to be very emotional for me. We're going to say... He's like... I don't, basically, he was just like, I don't want to kill some of those people. I didn't want them to have to die, you know? He was like, it's painful. And so they... He was like, how about some support, is what he was arguing. Uh-huh. Like, how dare you ask me to go out tonight?
3: Wait, hold on. Are they... <laughs> the, the characters died? Or no. The, the people... If the people people person died in
4: real life, which... Okay, fine. <clears throat> That's a sad situation. Yeah. You don't know these people. I mean, they live far away, but... Go maybe fly and go to the funeral, but you know he they do the funeral oh, online within the game and they buff okay. it through their favorite songs. So they're like flying they're,
3: in the yeah. game and you can play what songs.
4: They go over their best battles, like what they feel the yeah. guy's highlights were as a soldier. <laughs> it's like an online shiva. Kind of. Were you
0: friends with Amy at this point? Because I feel like she would relentlessly make fun of you no, no. Okay.
4: I wasn't friends with Amy or Nikki. I okay. was just like, I was still like nannying during the day. And God, I, you, you were know, working know, through some, some stuff. Some I
2: gotta be honest what, though. Yeah. There's a part of me that hears about something like this and goes, you know what? It sounds like these people have a community and it sounds like they need it. Yeah. They do. Like, yeah. It sounds like Badger and some of these people would probably like, maybe they like would have started murdering people. If it wasn't for their weird. I believe he
4: might have killed. Yeah. (laughs) So they get it out in
2: there. They're like, I'm blowing up a village with my friends. I do
4: think it's absolutely an outlet for their aggression. I don't think it's really the game itself. It's all, it's the fact that he was a, that, you know, destroyed our relationship. It was the fact that he was a deep, deep alcoholic and that we had uh, nothing in common. But, but (laughs) But
3: something had to like make you go, oh, this guy for a little while.
4: Well, again, like, okay, so...
3: Paul Newman. You're young. Paul For, Newman, I was man. young. I was
4: attracted to him. But also, but also, I think that, you know, that beginning stage when you first date somebody and it's awkward and it's weird and everybody's like, you know, like one guy is kind of supposed to... There's this expectation. They're supposed to sort of court the woman. But and then if he doesn't court enough, you don't know if he... You know, all that weirdness was removed sort of because... And I hate that, that beginning phase can be weird, you know, and I hate the anxiety around it. And so I think that that was removed because he made this big, he he told Mm. me he was in the war in Iraq. Uh. So by the second date, his whole goal was just like to prove to me that he was a good man. And, and, you know what I mean? So he was, like, courting me in this, like, wild, over-the-top way to, like, show me that he deserved a second chance because it was a rap lie, you know? <laughs> and so it was all just kind of entertaining. You know, I was bored, and then there's this hot guy that <laughs> just shows up all the time. He always had, like, flowers. He was always doing very dramatic things for me. And, you know... It, I'd it's imagine like,
0: you'd want to get out of your apartment, too.
4: Yeah, I wanted to get out. I wanted right. to get away from the collager. And, and it was, like... <laughs> it, you know, in, like, streetcar name. Desire like Marlon Brando's was like always like sorry and in the rain and stuff. That's how yeah. it felt to me. It was just like this hot guy that was always sorry for like, sure. Rape, all right, the fine. Before, yeah, or during yeah. I don't know. It's a know. good question.
3: There's a so there's, yeah, there's two for...
0: things we need to hit on. Two more. <laughs> One is the limp.
4: Oh my god. Yeah. Sorry. He also faked a limp for the first night that we met. <laughs> because the limp was from a warrantry. Oh, I also forgot. Oh my god. Another thing.
2: <laughs> She's not worried about you in the first stages of meeting somebody No, no but
4: you have to understand, I was 24 i was yeah, 24. I've been 24 He's like bordering
2: on that white woman Who was like running the NAACP on, In Washington or whatever I just a story <laughs> about her today Because like, on... this is beyond like Oh, I'm just fucking with this girl This is some like deep-seated v- shit V-Vice? He thinks he's like a pilot Vice did
0: a piece on her yesterday uh, She just wrote a memoir of she course, did she, she changed her name, but she wrote the memoir under her old name.
3: Oh,
2: right,
0: uh, she
3: can choose whatever she wants. Yes,
0: uh, so she he faked a uh, war injury to <laughs> live
3: Yes, okay. Did I'm the gonna, what, did the, could... the war injury actually happen in the game though? Was yeah, was it, it from legi- just sitting legit? too
4: long? It's a really good point. Now, there was no injury <laughs> that his because the second day down he told me, survive. like, you notice that I'm not walking with the limp tonight. <laughs> and that's because would I would have been impressive if war. he like Kaiser uh,
3: Soz it. And oh, he hot, told you, you in like God, are To be able to go through the limp and the war injury, like,
4: Well, you have to understand also, like a lot of it's timing. So the second, and okay, first of all, obviously many red flags and there's something very wrong inside me that i allowed any of this and i'm aware i'm not arguing that point
2: no i do no, you should be proud of this by the way this like, is an incredible story yeah this, this is amazing. isn't like i don't want you to take this as like yo she shouldn't have stayed with this guy i'm like it's fascinating no, not yeah. only that like respect to you for like finding this guy like odd and interesting enough, <laughs> and sticking with this almost <laughs> seems like for like to see what the fuck is going to happen yeah, next. Oh yeah, th- like, I, like I mean, I feel like that. a
4: lot of times you can analyze why you've made a decision or an, or or whatever in a relationship, but sometimes yeah. it's just like loneliness and convenience. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I'm
2: sure we all yeah. got some champs under our belt. So yeah, and, and- what do you what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about?
4: And also the second date or the, the first date that you know we met on the street, and then the second date. Is like, or first, whatever. He came to the show and I bombed really bad. So at that moment, what I wanted was just like, oh my God, I hope this guy's still attracted to me after I bombed. So I think I didn't really fully process what he was saying because I was just so relieved that he still liked me after my wild bombing. He loved
3: wild bombing. You saw the (laughs) gameplay. Yeah,
4: you're
1: right. So the
0: the last thing on Nikki's list, I don't know what this means, but it's bus, bus suspicions. Wait, what is it? Bus
4: suspicions. Um, oh, oh, yes, yes. Okay, there's two things. Okay, So first of all, I forgot to say, first of all, so when he was drunk, another thing that he did, and one of the first times we went out, lie that he, that he apologized for, is like, so we were really drunk in this bar, and he was like, and we were having fun and like making out, and not like, we weren't fighting or anything, it was fine, it was new, and he goes, babe, I got to get out of here, I uh, I got to catch a red eye, and I was like, why? Oh, you didn't tell me a red eye to catch and, <laughs> He goes i just got to get out of here i can't get into it but i have a red eye to catch and i was like well but where, where are you going where's the red eye going he's like i i want to tell you more but i can't all i can say is that i have to catch a red eye and i was like okay and then he didn't leave and continued to order more drinks and shots and never caught any red eye and i didn't really remember because i was a little drunk too until the next morning and i woke up and i'm like i thought you had a red eye to catch and he was like Oh, yeah, that's, I made that up. And I was like, why? <laughs> and he goes, I guess I just figured like important men have red eyes to catch. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And I guess it just feel, felt like, you know, like a real man has to go get a red eye. You know? <laughs> and uh, again, I think part of it was that was so funny to me that I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, it's hard to be the person that's angry. It's just so preposterous. I couldn't channel any other feeling but just. Because if it was
2: done tongue-in-cheek, he'd be a genius.
4: Yeah, and he tried the red-eye thing a second time. We were joking oh. again. He's like, babe, I got a red-eye. I was like, oh, right. not so fast. I'm going to fall for the red-eye trick yet again. <laughs> oh, so I caught him in the second red-eye. But the suspicious bus thing is... So he lives in <laughs> West New York, and, and it's like you have to take this weird tunnel... Do you know where that is? And you have to take that and you have to get on this little dumb bus and it's on 42nd and 8th. And it sucks because if you're out drinking and hanging, you know that eventually the bus is going to be part of your night. And you mm-hmm. have to stand on the, you know, and buy that stupid like – just really it's just like the sidewalk near Port Authority and you have to get on this bus. So we go on the bus. But the problem was – sometimes he would get suspicious of the bus itself so you know how he would glare at people and get suspiciously glare he was such a drunk that he would do it with vehicles so sometimes it was like real hard for me to get him in a cab or on a bus because he'd be looking at the bus like yeah not so fast and i'm like get some vehicle you you don't have beef with the bus we need the bus to go the bus is our friend
2: was we this need like to get the, on it to the go chassis home. is compromised or like what's like- that like something in the car is compromised did christine fuck him up as a child <laughs> or <laughs>
4: wait wait <sighs> no he think I, you know what? There, I, c- I couldn't possibly answer any of these questions. He just looks at the bus suspiciously and he's like, nah, it's not gonna happen. Sorry. You know, like a guy that's trying to get one over on him and he's kind of puts his foot down like a real man and says, sorry, not gonna fall for this scam yet again. And I'm like, it's not a scam. We need it. We need it so badly right now. Just please step on the bus. We had fights because they would go, they would come like every 50 yeah. minutes and I just had to stand there with him and his infuriating alcoholism. Just so that I could get home and be in bed, you know, but sometimes he just would let the bus pass, you know, and he'd be like, sorry, babe, what not was his, doing it. What was his job? like? Did he was he... a foreman on a construction, like, uh, so he did like construction stuff. Not surprised. And again, if you met him by day, but you know yeah. drunks, like alcoholics like this, he's, he's cool. Jekyll nice. Hyde.
1: Yeah.
3: He got a
4: kick out of what I did. Yeah. He was like warm. <clears throat> guys liked him because he's kind of like a man's man or whatever but uh a little slap on the back yeah a little slap Long. on the back They're but chiefin'. he wouldn't be aggressive like that either no. that aggression would come out only when he was drinking you yeah. know so it was just like and you know i think like i thought i could figure this all out like a maze and give him some good advice and he would adjust a few things and stop chiefing and we'd uh, you know i don't know sounds married. like a man
2: <laughs> who is in a very like macho kind of world but never felt like macho enough inside of that world and had yes. all these things to compensate for. Yeah. So he goes to the Comedy Central party. He's like, there are a bunch of writers. I'm a foreman. I'm going to chief everyone.
4: Everyone in sight. He's just yeah. going to chief through that party. Yeah. just goes streaking cheap, streak chiefing. I, I agree.
2: I want to thank Nikki so much <laughs> for
0: sending me this email. <laughs> that was a great oh, mystery, was, friend. Wow. <laughs> really amazing. And that's our time, everyone. <laughs> um, is it, how do you feel about, like, obviously, as a comedian, like, you you can draw on these experiences and you know use them as humor. I mean, how do people ever get offended? Like, if you're talking about them, or is it is that hard, or do you feel like you can't really filter it that way?
4: No, it is hard sometimes, and yeah. I feel guilty. Even as I was telling the story, I was I thought to myself, I should have changed she gotcha's name as if she's going to hear this podcast. <laughs> but you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah. And I do sometimes feel bad because, like, so when I broke up with him, it was basically you know he wouldn't stop drinking and then i left and moved out and and he always checked in afterwards and was very sweet and and you know he was a kind person just a you know flailing alcoholic so i do feel guilty i do feel guilty when i talk about people but it's also like i mean when i act when i do date somebody i try to explain like you know that that's part of it but there was this one guy that i lived with and his mom was like ridiculous and I did this like chunk about his mom. And then whenever I do it, he'd be like, I'm going to leave when you do that. And then he would take this like walk. And I felt really guilty mm-hmm. about his like solo man walk he would take, you know, like, and I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm such a bitch, you know, <laughs> he has to, I'm forcing him to have to take some sad private walk because I'm exposing something in his life. You know, and I'm like, maybe I'm an asshole. I don't Always know. What was the bit? Well, his mom was, uh. He was a really sweet guy, but his mom was in prison for a long time. Uh, And when we started dating, she got out of prison and his brother was a, was like a well-known boxer in New York. And they did a story about them on the news and, uh, and on the news, they did this news story about how, despite the fact that the mom went to prison for dealing drugs, this boxer boxed his way through and they like show the whole family, including my boyfriend at the time. And every time I went and then they showed her in prison and he like confronted her about her drug dealing and stuff. And every time I went to the family's house around Christmas, they'd play this video because they were more, like, proud. The mom would be like, let's play the video, everybody! (laughs) Television! You know, like, and they were, because she was more proud of being on TV than she was, like, embarrassed for being incarcerated, you know? Right. And so, um, which was hilarious. And she was a great time. I loved her. But uh, she was a lot of fun. And I thought that was hysterical that they didn't see that this might not be the video you want to like share with everybody that stops in. You know, around Christmas time of him confronting his mom and like being gone for the ten year important crucial years of his childhood, so he'd be like, "Oh, let's play, it, everybody! Fox News, five evening news." You know, and then we would all sit around and like, yeah, and and I told that story, and I honestly think his mom would have thought it was funny. Yeah, she's she was yeah. a good time when she got out of prison. We had no, we had no problems, me and her. We were thick as thieves. But he was embarrassed by the whole situation, and I feel horrible. Yeah, maybe I'm an asshole. Like well, I can't defend it. Really, do but. you feel
0: like you as a comedian, Like, I feel sometimes I watch this roast stuff and it's, like, so brutal. I mean, do you Mm -hmm. feel like you you have a pretty thick skin as far as, like, having other comedians fuck with you? Because I feel like it seems Uh, like you kind of have... Like, Vanessa, I feel like SNL, you don't really have that as much as you do, like, it seems like in, like, the stand-up world.
4: No, certain things I'm sensitive about, you know. But but But, I mean, definitely, I've been fucked with by those guys for so many years that I'm used to it to a certain extent, you know, so... Like when I first got in the comedy cellar, like four comics went and I was doing my audition set. They would go downstairs and just like fold their arms and stand around the room and shake their heads while I was on because they thought it was funny, you know, like, like just shaking their heads at me like, ugh, you know. <laughs> And that was hard to, like, perform in this new place you're scared of when they're around, like, just basically just making, like, a thumbs down, you know, <laughs> sign and shaking their heads. And they'd mock everything I did. And sometimes I would come in in an outfit and I'd, like, take a little risk or something. <laughs> and they would just destroy it. There's this comic, Keith Robinson, who's one of my best friends. And he's hilarious. But, like, I came in. One night and he's like, why does Rachel dress like she shops at Suburban Outfitters? And that that was very hurtful. I still think about that when I get dressed. And then I wore like tights and low boots, which I thought was like a safe choice. A lot of women wear that style. And he's like, hey, Robin Hood men in tights. And it, it got a big bellowing laugh at the table. And that I was like, oh, God, like they just know how to make me feel dumb in what I'm wearing, you know, or, or anything like they would just trash one time he brought me on and he said, "Rachel dresses like a district attorney because <laughs> I wear a lot of like jeans and blazers." I'm like, fuck, I do. I dress like a district attorney I'm like a non court day. These are day.
3: people that usually don't look like they own a mirror. Like I watch a lot oh, of up, yeah. You know Meanwhile, what I mean?
4: like he wears like Nigerian blouses that he buys like in some dumb overpriced <laughs> yeah. shirt shop in Philly. You know the kind of
3: people that go? I a good look.
4: Like, yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, he's a terrible dresser. Yeah. He's is a there horrific. a lot of
2: hazing in that world? Like when people are first coming
4: up? Like, oh yeah, they yeah, brutal. Another thing they do is they find a person that looks like you but like the worst version of you oh. so we'd be walking and we would walk by somebody outside and they'll be like hey Rachel, Rachel and they all start screaming and I, I like look around instinctively and then I'll see some woman that's your worst fear <laughs> of who you can end up <laughs> I remember one time it was just this old woman like who was like had a lot. Of, she was like playing with some trash outside and she was like poking at it. And she had, you know, like a lot of like she had a lot of bags and she was separating the trash like she was crazy. She had a lot of control issues around the trash. Just like poking different carts for the trash and yelling at people. And I was like, fuck, I do look like her. Oh, my God. What if I end up as an old woman with control issues around a heap of corner trash? <laughs> so, yeah, they'll do stuff that's brutal. Or they call me over to the table like they wanted to say something to me. And this is so juvenile. But then you lean in and you like open up your body language and then nobody says anything. <laughs> just turns around and doesn't look at you. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I totally
3: mean, back that. That's a good one. It's God, pretty funny. Damn, it funny. is funny.
4: And then another thing Shit. they'll do to each other, all these guys, is they call each other on the phone and they'll do it. And like, I'll be in the car with like Keith and he'll call, you know, Billy, Bill Burr or whoever. Mm. And they, they get the guy to start talking. And they're nice and they warm and they act like they're reasonable people calling their friends for a few minutes. And they ask a few questions like, hey, Billy, how was your special? And then as soon as Billy's like, you know, I kind of enjoyed. Yeah, shut up. And they hang up. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes they just quietly hang up, but they try to find the perfect (laughs) hang up moment. And they'll argue about what is the best moment to hang up. (laughs) Like when you really get a per, like. You know, like, and they've done it to me before. So, like, ask me about something I'm doing in my work or something. They're like, what do you think is the difference between, like, playing a little theater or playing a large? And then I'm like, you know, like, I guess for me, like, as an artist, you know, and then, of course, they hang up immediately, you know? That actually kind of,
2: like, leads into my, the question I was wondering, which is, like, you know, I always see these specials of comedians when they're sitting around and stuff and they're just constantly talking shit. Like, it seems like they're just like breaking each other's balls constantly. That's something I'm familiar with. I'm from New Jersey. Everybody talks shit. You just knock each other down at every chance. That's the fun. I can't understand how and when that becomes like actually constructing jokes and telling them on stage. Like, how do you go from A to B when you're like a kid just like having fun with other kids and you realize you're funny and you make people laugh, but you're kind of just like, shit talking and going about and then how do you like actually construct jokes and like perform um
4: like i still feel kind of like a fraud in that way because i don't write like quick jokes and monologue jokes and like you know sometimes i'll see certain comedians and i'm like that's what a comedian you know like because i don't write like a quick joke punchline right and and i'm not like i I can't just run off a bunch of jokes about any subject matter you know i know a little bit like how to write about something funny comments about something because i've had to do that for shows and stuff but I'm not really like a traditional joke writer, but I tell stories usually about my life and then I find Mm -hmm. little punchlines or things in them. So usually my, my material comes from just like experiences I've had. And and I guess when I was growing up, I like also imitate people. So I'd imitate people in my life and entertain my friends that way. But it was also a defense like most comics You know, it's not unusual story, but like, you know, I'd got like wildly bad grade, you know, and just like, and then I would talk shit and have fun mock (laughs) things you know but I probably would have mocked things even if I wasn't getting bad grades it's fun (laughs) to mock things you know
0: when we did a podcast with Nikki a couple years ago and she had said she usually will like bring like a mail opener with her Mm -hmm. just because it can be sort of like creepy sometimes to be by yourself yeah, Do you definitely. F- is that... Because that's an interesting person. Because I never really... Oh, my being God. Like a white yeah. guy, I never really thought about that, I guess.
4: Definitely. She, she, she
3: spoke a lot about like learning from Amy Schumer about yeah. how to like deal with like get what you're owed, get this, don't get bulldozed, that kind yeah. of stuff. It was pretty...
4: Amy, Nikki, and I will exchange texts on the road all the time. And that's yeah. like my lifeline is the conversations and oh. texts and they they know the place you are. You know, like just this last weekend, you know, like I'm at this club and this is going on. like plenty of times... Amy will give me a heads up about some place, you know, like I was playing at this place in Florida where I had to stay at this condo and it's like in a bad neighborhood and she's like, make sure they like, you know, change the code on the condo because they just have one code and everybody knows that code and somebody just can break it or come in there at any time. Can you give a quick
3: explanation of the comedy condo? Um, a lot of people, don't, if people it's, don't know
4: it. It's like a room where you know that other comedians have been. And it's inherently foul. So that feeling you have when you get to a hotel and that just that relief, it's the opposite feeling.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and does the club own it? Is that how it
4: works? The club owns yes, it okay. because they're too cheap to just get, you know, some hotels. Mm-hmm. And then you have to stay there. And it's really dis- – it's like actively disgusting. So a lot of times I would just sleep on top of the bed, you know. and And, you know, it's – I mean, it's, it is scary. There's, there's lots of times that I realize like, oh my God, like that was crazy. Like I was at this hotel in Vegas and uh, I got to the hotel and I, I went to, um, I had been flying cross country and I was tired and the key wouldn't work, you know, in my tower. And they sent a mechanic up and to help me and I was just there was no other room, so he just had to fix the thing on my door for the key. And I was sitting talking to him and he was like asking me questions about like being on the road and like what's it like? And I'm like, it's hard sometimes and whatever. But he was seemed like a really like lovely guy. So I was just chatting with him for a while. And we had kind of a nice warm exchange, not flirtatious, but you know. And then um he leaves. I go into my room at, in at this hotel in Vegas, this casino in Vegas, Harris. And then in the middle of the night, the next night, my boyfriend at the time flew in the next day and he was in bed with me the mechanic walked into my room at four in the morning and just he came in my room okay so i mean he was coming in my room to assault me like why else would he walk into my room he knew i was alone he asked me about my my life and i told him i was going to be alone and he came into my room and we both jumped up in bed and then my boyfriend at the time like argued with him or whatever and then and then the guy kind of ran down the hallway and then we called downstairs and complained. And we I asked to speak with the security guy and the security guy said, well, he says that he got a call to your room. I'm like, I never called the room. And even if I did call the room, you don't walk inside at four in the morning. We, I was fast asleep, you know, but I remember that whole weekend I was trying to get people to understand. They're like, well, it was a mistake. Rachel, like stop trying to make a big story. And I'm like, it's not a mistake. No, no, no. no. He,
3: you were you yeah. not the first.
4: Yeah, it's terrifying. And I feel like I needed to try to make a big deal so that this doesn't Uh happen to another woman. Sure. Yeah, completely. And I forgot to lock that top thing. So now I never forget to lock that thing anymore. Ever, Or go armed, Jesus Christ. But they didn't take it seriously at the club. Yeah. You know, and nowhere. I tried to tell people all weekend. And this last weekend, I was at this place. And they were actually really nice there. But it was just like, it was in one of those areas where you're like, oh, like I wouldn't feel safe here. You know, if I was alone and... it's just it's hard
2: yeah i think people forget that comedians have to like tour
4: yeah and and a lot of times uh, the club will they will announce on their website we put our comedians up at this hotel and the guys are like great if i want to get laid the girl just like the post will just be (laughs) delivered to my door and i'm like hello i don't i can't have people know where i'm staying that's terrifying it's chilling and i've had i had a guy come up and just lurk around my hotel from the, because they did that, you know. And so I saw him outside my door in the middle of the night, you know. And I end up going to a girlfriend's house in the middle of the night. But I've had a lot of weird, unsafe situations like that, you know. Yeah. It's uh, it's terrifying.
3: <laughs> I uh, Stand-up is like, you know, no respect to the touring punk bands we have here with us. But like the hardest job, like in entertainment, I think. Because you're by yourself usually, you know. And you're up there. The performance itself is just you. You know, usually I think it's a really hard gig, and then the traveling by yourself in that is just even more. At least in a band, you got like you got your dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Usually dudes who've been in a few scrapes. You know.
4: But in bands, you though you like the nice thing about stand up is like I don't have to rely on anybody. I mean, you have to rely on like four animals. Hope that they have reasonable ha- behavior, like show up on time, and then you have to like- yeah. So I do I don't envy that with bands and right. moving things.
2: Yeah. I get I, to like
4: move stuff after it's done. I just get to go home and lay that down. Trap
2: case. Well, I think the reason <laughs> you see like every single person who was in a band Oh, they're going and doing their solo thing is because it's like, oh, uh, this is a lot fucking easier. Like you just making decisions for yourself, staying where you want to go, mm. breaking things up how you want to, and it's trying to I mean, the diplomacy between five people is usually just what breaks all bands up anyway. So in yeah. that way, it's easier. But I, I did wonder, I have toured with a couple women, and I always felt bad in some ways because it's sort of like this badge of honor with dudes. Like you show up to a venue, like a punk venue venue i I haven't showered in like five days bro check it out Mm. it's almost like this like you're wearing the same jeans for two (laughs) weeks and they're just like growing film on it it's almost this badge of honor and then like the women i was touring with like they feel held to a different standard Because, like, they want to look a certain way and present themselves a certain way but aren't given the opportunity because of the shitty places we're at, the quickness by, like you have to go from place to place. Like, do you ever feel that? Like, yeah, you could see stressful. like it's some stressful. dude in fucking sweatpants getting laughs and nobody's looking twice, but like you probably couldn't walk up there in sweatpants. You'd get judged.
4: Yeah. I mean, now like um, the places I'm staying aren't as t- chilling as they were in the, the <laughs> right, beginning. Right. So usually I like, can take a shower. And like, <laughs> like this last weekend when I was in Sacramento, I had to do like morning TV shows. So I was like, is there a makeup artist or something? If I'm going to be on TV, you know, so I can ask for things like that. Right. And, um, but you're definitely like judged differently, you know, like guys under my like, if you look at anything of mine on YouTube, it's just like somebody's either discuss they're discussing for any girl, like whether they're hot or whether they're not and why they're not, you know, and it's not that same dissecting of how you look that's never, that never ends, you know, for sure. I, mean, yeah. I don't see that under the guys' videos, you know, at least I don't think so. But yeah. There's some guy named Mr. Twat Waffles that writes under my videos all the Twat time. Twat oh, yeah. Waffles?
2: What a classy
0: pseudonym. (laughs) Does he leave very insightful comments?
4: Um, No, he's very angry at me. He usually lashes out. Oh, man. sometimes he'll just be like man voice or something like he'll just say something where I'm like that's a new insecurity I didn't realize I had a man voice you know like
2: you gotta not, the not read the comments Rachel <laughs> you gotta turn them <laughs> off dude especially someone named twat waffles <laughs> yeah. it's
4: either like shockingly sexual like not even flattering we you're like oh dear god like why would you even want to do that to anyone much less me <laughs> I'm not, I'm <laughs> not it's even just like you're fat you know like <laughs>
2: yeah what's it really mean twat waffles
4: I don't know what Mr. Yeah. Twat waffles means
2: I don't think it's a literal name
4: No, it's not a literal name.
2: Sounds like a Houston (laughs) (laughs) section.
0: Sounds like. Do you have any anything coming up that uh, you want to promote? Yeah, spin away from Twa waffles and promote before we wrap up anything.
4: uh, When is this coming out? Whenever you want. I mean, I'm in Philadelphia this weekend at the Philly Punchline. Okay. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday.
0: Okay, I'll probably come out after that. Okay, but
4: um, and then I'm at the Draft House next month in DC. Okay. And um, and then uh.
0: We can, read, we can read. We can read. But you could just
4: go to my website. And, yeah, we can read and, the
0: dates in our intro too. Um, yeah,
4: we could. You can go to my website, and then if you you want to get my special, that would be nice.
0: Yeah. How do you get that? Um,
4: you could get it on Amazon or on the Comedy Central app, and it's called Only Whores Wear Purple.
0: And I've seen it. I've seen it live, and it was amazing.
4: Thank you. And really my wife totally happy.
2: agreed with the title. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, I fucking hate purple. <laughs>
4: The, well, this like this lady that used to take care of me when I was a kid. Told me that only whores wear purple. She also said, yeah, she had a lot of strange rules that only whores carry suitcases. And there were a lot of very specific whore-based rules.
0: So, is, being a whore was bad.
4: Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah, she was saying like, don't wear purple. Otherwise, like, she got a it.
3: very speci- only She went to would. a very specific brothel.
4: Yeah, or a specific brothel. You know, Joe DeRosa told me once. Don't they- go to
3: Lilac Baggage Claim. <laughs> don't go
4: he said his dad told him that. No, his mom's father is told uh, her that only whores travel, which I thought was <laughs> one of the funniest things I've ever heard. told him that on a train. You know, Rosa, he's really funny. Yeah. yeah. He said that, yeah, she was told when she was young that only whores travel. <laughs> you take a trip, sorry. You're a godless whore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was Rachel Feinstein. I'm going off track. Thanks so much, to Rachel, for coming by. Uh... Please check out her Comedy Central special, Only Horrors Wore Purple, came out last year. It's so funny. And look for her um, doing stand-up near you at somewhere.
1: And go check out Trainwreck, because that's a hilarious movie. Yes,
0: and go check out Trainwreck featuring her, featuring my sister. Um, Who's awesome in it. She's great in it. Um, Amy Schumer, Bill Hader. Um, a pretty good cast. Doesn't matter. Just watch it. Doesn't matter. Watch it. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, if you want to do a podcast or do some voiceover work, you can always check out this Pulse Music.
1: In, it's a nice place. You it, could record a band here.
0: Yeah, you could record a band here. You could do what else? All your recording. All kinds meets. of stuff. So check it out. Pulse Music <laughs> in New York. Um, if you like Korean food, it's very close proximity to a lot of really good Korean mm, food. True that. Yeah. So and Herald Square and Herald Square. If you want to go to Macy's pick up a scarf which
1: which we all do which we all do fucking elevators
0: yes (laughs) and uh if you want to support this podcast you can uh venmo us at off track that account is linked to brad's personal account yes Um, if
1: my name does not pop up you're in the wrong spot
0: yes and uh two f's two f's (laughs) o-f-f-t-r-a-c-k exactly and uh if you don't want to donate that's cool um you can support us just by uh, subscribing, um, tweeting at us, telling people about the podcast, getting our numbers up so we can uh, podcast full-time. Wouldn't that be the dream? Nine to five, Nine baby. to five every day. Podcast. Bringing people in and out. No time to do anything else.
1: Uh,
0: but yeah, uh, thanks to Rich for coming by. Thanks to Pulse Music. Thanks everyone for supporting the podcast. And we'll be back with another episode next week.